changing the game on the name put respect uncle dad talks yeah live and direct what did you expect from the two fly guys one love kevin smith one or more is golden eye mike's the level-headed baby gave edits uncle dad gets nervous all the time but to his credit he's clever spring stuff on mike on a daily can mangle up a name amazingly the range of events and topics makes it hard to stop listening So why even attempt it? From bare knuckle fighting to Grammy songwriting to Burning Man flames to buy a fight a video game. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncle Dad Talks. I'm Uncle Dad and with me as always is the ever so handsome Mike Hantum. Mike Hantum. Mike Hantum. Mike Hantum. Phantom. Phantom. Uh, hey man, what's up? How are you? <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful, wonderful. Beautiful, wonderful. If only you could see his face when he says that. Mm. <laughs> the face says it all. <laughs> it sure does. It's a uh, face made for radio. <laughs> uh, I think some would argue that, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, Mike, let's talk about today's episode. Today is a very interesting one. This is the first time ever we're going to be interviewing somebody uh, internationally. Uh, we will have a translator on this episode. Uh, the uh, we're speaking to someone who primarily speaks Japanese, and we will have a translator on this episode. So, with that being said, bear with us. This is our first time doing this. We'll see how that goes. Hopefully, our humor will come across in Japanese. <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Mike? You know, I, I've I've never been to Japan, and uh, so I don't know. I mean, we can try, and if it uh, <laughs> if it falls flat, then baby game, insert the jodons. For us, please. <laughs> good thing it's good thing it's a short episode this time, huh? <laughs> That's right. yeah. um, but no, I'm still very excited, uh, Mike. You know, Japan's very near and dear to my heart. Uh, been there a few times. Uh, lo- I love all Japanese culture, most Japanese culture, I should say. Uh, but uh, there, this is a we're, we're talking to the director of a horror film, a drama horror film uh, called Missing, uh, by the name of Shinzo Katayama. Uh, he's also the writer of this film as well. Uh, this film will be coming out uh, as a, when you listen to this, the movie will be out theatrically, uh, but it will be on demand and on streaming platforms on November 18th. Uh, and then if you want to buy it on Blu-ray, December 6th. So for those who buys Blu-ray still, there you go. But yes, so just really quickly, Mike, I want to ask you is what is your experience with Japanese horror? Oh, um, well... <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's funny you should ask um uh, actually i don't know i i feel like it's uh a lot more hmm, psychological uh but also there is some stuff that kind of goes above and beyond and over the top which uh i mean i guess that happens in, in all genres of, of horror but um i don't know am i am i wrong am i off there if i'm to say it's a lot more like uh mythical psychological uh type of stuff i mean not no not necessarily i think it is very more it's uh you know i'm sure you know i know you're familiar with anime but like it's very like over the top right and then with a little aspects of a little bit of stretching the imagination right like there are certain scenes in this movie too that are kind of like whoa (laughs) but you know then but then the thing is you see the reality of our world i mean we talk about you know jeffrey dahmer right like the things that he did that almost seems like movie like right so I don't know. Maybe it is more real than I realize. Yeah. I mean, you know, you think about some of the movies I've seen in, uh, in American horror culture and some of them are ridiculous and yes, over the top. But, uh, 
I don't know. I think it's fun to to see, you know, how other people interpret horror and uh, in a different culture, because uh, it's not always the same layout of just the same the same arc of a of you know American stories where it's the beginning, the introduction, and then you know kind of the the arc of the story, then the climax, and then it kind of lets you go. It, it doesn't really feel like it's the same style, you know, in Japanese films. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. And I think uh, to kind of quickly touch on that is uh, my favorite Japanese horror filmmaker of all time is Takashi Miike. Uh, he made Audition, uh, Visitor Q, um, uh, Ichi the Killer. I mean, he he is incredible. Like what he does with film is just top top notch. So, and this kind of made me think of that a little bit too. So hopefully. When we speak to uh, Shinzo, they'll take that as a compliment. But we do got to go. So, uh, Mike, we'll be right back after this break. Subscribe, tune in to Uncle Dad's Multiverse. Yes, you heard it first here. All right. Hi, uh, Uncle Dad and Mike here uh, with the director of Missing, director and writer of Missing. Uh, very excited to have uh, him on the show. Uh, first and foremost, uh, I just have to ask, what was it like uh, creating this kind of story? Uh, for audiences. So um, I really had a lot of fun, and of course, it's a very dark film. But actually, on set, uh, we were all smiling, and we had a great time. Uh, when it when it came to uh, inspirations of like this story, right? Did he take? Did you take anything from American serial killers uh, from our area? えっと、まずあのこの脚本のきっかけとなったあのことに関してなんですよ。例えばアメリカの連続殺人犯とかそういったものが影響されたんでしょうか？インスピレーションとして。いや、えっと、アメリカの連続殺人犯よりも日本の連続殺人犯に影響を受けてこの映画は作りましたね。え、その女の子を殺害してた。で、結果的には9人殺害したえ、連続殺人犯が日本にはいるんですけど、その彼が主にベースとなってます。So, um in Japan there's uh, uh there's a serial killer called the Twitter killer where he would uh, go to um he will find uh, uh girls who who want to commit suicide and he actually killed nine nine girls through that. And so um, I actually talked to him as well, but um, he, he is the base uh, uh, for, for this um, film. Wow. So you actually talked to the serial killer, I assume, uh, like a phone interview while he's in prison? あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あの、あ
すごい体験でしたね。あまあ、それ、その他にも、例えばご自身の、えー、と体験から、えー、あのを取り入れた部分とかあるんでしょうかそうですね。あのー、実際、自分の父親が、えー、通勤の時に、電車の中で、あの、その時逃げてた殺人犯を見かけたっていうふうに言ってきて、僕は高校生だったんですけど、全然信じなかったんですよね。まあそんなわけないっていうことで、信じなかったんですけど、彼が捕まって、この犯人が捕まって、足取りを辿ったら、実際に自分の父親が乗ってた電車に乗ってたんですよ。で、そのことを知って、あ、そういうこともあるもんだなと。で、そういうところ、あそこから、あの、この脚本を思い浮かべて書きました。So, yes, actually,、um, when I was a high school student, my father told me that he saw a fugitive that was a, that was a killer, a killer's fugitive on the train. And being a high school student, I didn't believe him. But I, after a few years,、um, I saw in the news that this、uh, killer was caught. And,、uh, you know, doing some background research, I, I, I realized that it was,、uh, it was the same killer that my father was seeing, it was the same、uh, train. Uh, that he was on, and it was a, so it actually all made sense. And、uh, my, I realized that my father was telling the truth, so that was part of the inspiration as well. Wow, it's a it's it's insane that we can tie so much from reality and put it in such a great piece of art. I think what I love about your movie is that it's so beautifully shot.、Uh, I'm curious. Was there a challenge in having the camera feel as if it's its own character? Because the way the camera moves throughout the whole entire film, it almost feels as if the camera itself is a part of the story. すごいですね。なかなかこう現実化、そんなに面白くて、脚本に入るのはすごいことだと思うんです。なかなか現実というのは実は面白いものなんですね。で、まあ、質問なんで,で、まあ、質問なんですけれども、あの、非常にショットが美しいんですけれども、なんか、あの、カメラで撮っている間に、もうカメラ自体がなんかキャラクターのように感じたんですけれども、えっ、ー、と、もうカメラの動きがストーリーの物語の一部のように感じました。ありがとうございます。そうですね。カメラが常にこう動いて、あの、本当に、えー、長いワンカットのシーンもあったりするんですけど、えー、すごくカメラの動きとカットのリズムにすごくこだわって撮影しました、今回。Yes, thank you very much for noticing.、Um, so, I, I, there are parts where there are long takes, for example, and there's uh, 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 parts where、uh, you know, I cut it to the rhythm, to make a good rhythm. So, those are things that I really, really put a lot of emphasis and time and energy on、um, when creating this film. Yeah, it's, it's entirely noticeable how, how that, you're, that energy you're taking to put in that film because it. it It almost, films, it almost see, feels as if it's becoming、uh, a lucid dream or nightmare. Like it's so,、uh, as the story progresses. So I, I, I just, how you achieve that, I don't know, but I'm very thankful that you did. <laughs> まあ、ど,どのようにされたのか分かりませんけども、本当にそのエネル,エネルギーというか、あのすごく感じて、あの特にあのカメラワークとかで、そのまあ、あの夢なのか悪夢なのかっていうふうに引き込まれるようなところで非常にそれは強く感じました、うん、あ,ありがとうございますすごく自分が思ってた狙い通りに見てくれて本当に僕は嬉しいですね I am very thankful that you, you <笑> saw it that way that was what I was trying to portray <笑>
how do you get uh, hooked up with Bloody Disgusting? Do you search out a distributor here or do they come to you? Um, えー、と日本ですごく成功をした映画というのは、えー、とどのように北米の配給決まるんでしょうかこちらから探すのでしょうかそれ向こうから来るんでしょうか、まあえー、と多分日本のセールス会社が映画祭とかそういったところで、えー、セールスするような形になると思いますあの日本の映画自体はそこまで多分アメリカではそこまで公開されないですよね。なので、えー、そういう形で、えー、映画祭などで売られて、えー、多分そのダークスターフィルムの方が気に入って、えー、くれたんじゃないかなと思います。So, uh, I think, um... A lot of Japanese films aren't released in North America,、uh, but in this case, I think the sales agent、um, went to a lot of different film festivals and film markets and sold and sold. I was lucky to、uh, get this uh, uh, distributed in, in North America. To kind of jump back really fast to、uh, the Twitter killer, when you were in the,、uh, the prison with him, were you ever fearful of your life? I <laughs> know. ツイッター殺人者とツイッターキラーと実際に会ったときに、えー、ご自分の命に狙われるとかそういった恐怖はなかったでしょうか<笑>ああいやそれはなかったですねけどあの本当にあの会ったときに思ったのは映画で見てるシリアルキラーよりもものすごく普通だなと思いました。そう、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、あ、So he was a really nice guy. He was a young, nice guy who, if he wasn't in prison, I probably would have been friends with him. And <laughs> he's very friendly. So, therefore, I was really,、uh, it really shocked me that this person was a the Twitter killer. But of course, if I met him outside prison, I might have been killed. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're, all, we're all glad that didn't happen. So, we're all glad that didn't happen. Do you,、uh, do you have any?、Um, I know your movie is not just horror, there's other aspects to it. But、um, since we're talking about killers and horror, are there any American horror movies that you were a big fan of or that, that,、uh, that you were scared of as a, film, as a young person growing up that you remember? えっと、アメリカの、まあ、ホラー映画で、えー、昔怖かった映画ですとか、なんかそういったものはありますでしょうかエクソシスト。The Exorcist. Yeah. あとローズマリーの赤ちゃんってローズマリーの赤ちゃんローズマリーズベイビーですか、yeah. ローズマリーの赤ちゃんとかはすごく好きですね。Those I really liked a lot. あとあのシックスセンスとかも好きです。Yeah. Yeah. あのうん、本当にあのアメリカのホラ,ーホラージャンル映画はすごくよくできてて、うん、すごく面白いですよね。So, Exorcist, Rosemary's Baby,、uh, Sixth Sense, those I really like. And、um, I, I, I think、uh, the, the horror genre in the US is great and greatly structured. You know, I, I also feel that、uh, Japanese horror is also very、uh, 
special and unique and i'm a big fan myself and throughout this film i see moments a feeling moments of that are to me very close to what takashi takashi miike would bring to the table uh, hopefully i'm saying that right um i i just did he pull any inspiration from him as well is that somebody that he could look to I, i'm just curious あの、ジャパニーズホラーが大好きで、もう非常にユニークなものあると思うんですけれども、ま、今回の映画でもそういったところをちょっと感じたいたか、ミキタカシさんのなんか感じもあったんですけど、そういったものも意識されたんでしょ
All right. We are, um, you just got done listening to a very special international episode, a foreign episode. Uh, you know, Mike, uh, I, at this point when they hear it, I was thinking when we were doing the interview, I was thinking, oh, maybe we should edit out all the Japanese talk. But no, we should keep it in, right? No, absolutely. We should keep it in. Yeah. I think that's that's part of the fun was was listening to that. And there's bits of words you could hear. I mean, I don't know any Japanese at all. I know you're you're maybe more a little more familiar with it than I, but uh there's there's words I could pick up where I'm like, oh, I, I think he just said the exorcist and he did. So yeah, it's cool. <laughs> you know, uh it, it it's it's exciting uh when you because we've never we've never really done that, I don't think. Like ever had like a different culture like that on the show. So this is kind of a a big milestone, I think, for us. Uh, I, you know, it kind of goes back to what we did when we first started, right? It was all about just connecting with different stories uh, through all walks of life. And this is, I would say, this is probably the most definition of that statement, right? All walks of life, even if you don't speak English. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it, it, it all walks of life on all parts of the world. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I, the revelation, I had no idea. When we did that interview, I had no idea it was based on a real story. Because it doesn't say that anywhere on the film. At least I didn't catch that. Uh, but man, when you learn about this Twitter killer thing, didn't that just make your mind go, how has that not happened here? <laughs> yeah, and who knows? Maybe it has. But I mean, yeah, think about think about how, how easy it is to access people and how vulnerable people can be on, you know, Twitter or you know, Facebook, whatever it whatever it is, you know, and I'm sure there are people out there that prey on, you know, those that are that are weak or or seem like, you know, they're easily infiltrated and uh, and, and stalking them. Yeah, you know, and he, he was he sounded like he was a little concerned that uh, he was like it was taking it like a Japanese story, but putting it for American audiences. But I think it's going to relate more than he realizes because, I mean, the whole world is connected to social media, right? And you know that audience who watches it, I'm sure they're going to like, it's, you know, it almost feels like, and I should have said this, it almost feels like scream. Mm-hmm. In what way to you? Well, in the way of like, this is a guy who is being a predator online and creating fake aliases, you know, to get your attention, to find your vulnerabilities and then do things you shouldn't be doing. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in the sense of Scream, where it's like, you know, granted there was a bigger scheme in that, right? There's a scheme of these people trying to kill these specific people, but it's the idea of technology of the time. That's what I kind of mean. Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, and they don't really touch on the, the internet part of it much in the film, right? But but uh, it is very interesting to know that that was kind of the, the inspiration for the story, you know, and also um, the way his father... Uh, basically did what the father in the movie does is sees the, the guy who he thinks is the killer on the train. And, um, you know, I, I feel like anytime as, as a writer or as an artist, you know, you, you, the more that you can pull from your own life experiences and, and weave them into the story, the more the real and more authentic it feels. And that's, that's why we're so pulled into it and drawn into it. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's like the magic of, uh, you know the unfortunate magic of like the adopt uh, the Dahmer TV series, right? Like everybody went crazy for it because it's pulled out of something so real, so people can act in these visceral scenes, right? And you know, very much like with that, he wrote a story based upon essentially two three things that happened to him, more or less, right? Like it's just that's insane. And my thing is, if your dad tells you, "Hey, this guy, whatever, whatever, he's the serial killer that's on the news," 
I mean, do you do you choose not to believe him? I don't know. It's such a hard. I mean, I I feel like I would tell my dad. Are you sure? <laughs> I mean, I would have thought my dad was full of shit. But uh, <laughs> he usually was. But I'm being honest. <laughs> you know, but I feel like my dad. I guess for my my apparent my my dealing with my dad, I I think if he said whatever, I think I would be like, you know, uh, well, uh, why do you think that? And then he would tell me why. But then again, if I'm 14, is he going to listen to me anyways? I don't even know. <laughs> no, probably not. You know, just keep your mouth shut. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, what are you going to do? Uh, yeah, but yeah, yeah. it, it, it was uh, fascinating to see all that. Um, I also really enjoyed that he seemed very passionate about his uh, love for horror, his love for film. And I think, you know, as we've discussed many, many times, you know, it's almost the core of the show, right? It's like passion for anything you love comes out and you'll see it in your art. And I, th I do think our audience should watch this movie. I, I, don't, I don't know what you think, Mike. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely watch it and definitely watch The Sixth Sense after. So if you mm. feel depressed, then, well, you'll probably feel more depressed afterwards. <laughs> what, what was that What was that moment like for you when you said that? I mean, I, I feel like you slipped him a note or something and told <laughs> I know, him to say I swear that. to God. I swear <laughs> to God. It's crazy, right? Because it's like it's like there's certain things that always happen in the show usually, right? At least once a month. And the fact that Bruce Willis gets brought up, Bruce Willis, if you're listening, you need to be on the show. Yeah. We'll take it slow for you. <laughs> yeah, we'll do it very, very slow. You can even say just hello and that's it. <laughs> and for those that don't know, that are new listeners, and I think because it's probably been a few ep episodes since we've mentioned him, I have a diehard fascination with Bruce Willis that continues uh, to this day. No pun uh, intended. Baby Baby Gabe, there better be a rim shot right after he said that. <laughs> um, yes, uh, not only not only is he so obsessed with Bruce Willis, he has a tattoo of Bruce Willis. For those who don't know, yeah. uh, it's a very it's on a sensitive part of his body. Yeah, very sensitive. <laughs> All of me is very sensitive. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> now, uh, Mike, uh, you know to kind of just uh, wrap up the theme here. Uh, you know, I I'm gonna throw at you and I'll answer as well. What is your favorite movie based on a serial killer? Based on a serial killer? Like a fictional one as well? Sure. Yeah. I mean, as long as the theme is serial killing. Yeah. I mean, I I think I mentioned this before. Uh, Scream is one of my – probably one of my favorite. Well, I wouldn't count that one. You wouldn't, but I would. <laughs> because it's that's like a slasher movie, right? Like that's a – I'm talking yeah. like a genuine serial killer, like a, like a Gacy, that kind of thing. I don't know that I can think of one. Um, you tell me one of yours and I'll see if one comes to mind. Well, the one that I always think of, and I can't remember his name who wrote it, but he was in The Sopranos, uh, Michael something. Oh. Um, Michael, you know what I'm talking about? No. Okay. <laughs> uh, but it's called uh, Summer of Sam. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but it was written by one of the guys from uh, The Sopranos. Uh, no, Michael Imparelli? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you watch The Sopranos, but yeah, he was he was in that, and uh, he wrote that movie. And that movie is so fucking good. It does a great job of capturing like the seventies, seventies, yeah. right? Yeah, seventies, uh, and just yeah, I, I really recommend. It. And it was based on that whole, you know, the son of Sam killer. So yeah, John Leguizamo is uh, pretty good in that one. I guess after you say that, yeah, I really enjoyed the Zodiac uh, killer movie. Mm. Uh, I saw that a while yeah. back, and I thought that was really well done. Uh, 
you know, and plus it's like local to where we live. So that made it even yeah. more fun, you know? Yeah. What's, what's interesting really quickly about the Zodiac killer is that I was so excited to watch that movie for one specific reason, because at this point, Robert Downey wasn't uh, Iron Man yet. He was about to be Iron Man. And we, you, you finally got to see what he looked like with that whole goatee thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that. And it's like, oh man, that's Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know. That's my memory of that movie. <laughs> it's a good memory. I remember, uh, you know, I think I saw it when I lived in Sacramento and there's a shot of Sacramento and it says Sacramento, California on the bottom of the screen. And I got really excited for that part because, you know, Sac never really got any love. Still, still doesn't, doesn't get. Still doesn't get. I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> still doesn't about? get enough. I, uh, <laughs> uh, Barstool ranked all of the professional sports teams, and the lowest one, the bottom of the entire list of all, I guess it's hockey, baseball, football, basketball. Can you guess what the last place team was out of all professional sports teams? I'm gonna guess the Kings. That's right. <laughs> oh the Sacramento God. Kings. That's insane, really? And on that note, we will end this episode. <laughs> but, I think but, – But let's remind everyone um, uh, where they can see the movie and you know when it's coming out just in case uh, you know they forgot. Yes. So Missing will open theatrically. At, by the time you listen to this, it will already be in theaters. Uh, but it will be on video on demand and all and – all major platform streaming uh, in the U.S. and Canada on November 18th. And if you want to buy it on Blu-ray, keep it old school, go on December 6th. It'll be available worldwide. So again, November 18th, you can watch it streaming, uh, uh, video on demand, or you can wait and buy it on Blu-ray on December 6th. I, I think they're sending us a physical copy. So if they do, maybe we'll go ahead and just uh, save that and put that in the uh, Museum of Uncle Dad. The vault. The vault. The vaults, yes. Yes. Missing uh, will missing will go missing into the vault. Ah, uh, see what you did hey, there. And on, hey. and on that note, we thank <laughs> you guys for listening. Uh and remember everybody, uh, we are not uncles, we are not dads, we're just someone you can talk to. We'll see you all next week. <laughs> <laughs>